Hey y'all, this is EVA from Woke Woke Docs. San Francisco Bay Area is now entering week six of shelter in place and staying at home. While things certainly aren't easy, we are having a new normal. I hope that you guys are all finding peace and taking the time that you need to get through this and that you're being able to adapt to all these new sudden changes and just exercise that resilience and power within. We here at Woke Woke Docs are supporting you from afar and sending you our love as always. We hope you enjoy this episode and we'll be with you again, hopefully less than six feet away, very soon. Hey y'all, I'm Bernie. And I'm Evie. And you're listening to Woke Woke Docs, a podcast about the lives of women of color in medicine and health justice. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Vibha Gupta, an emergency medicine doc at Kaiser Oakland in Richmond and the founder of the No Immigrants, No Spice nonprofit. Vibha is a second generation daughter of Indian immigrants, born, bred and raised in the Midwest, now firmly transplanted in the Bay Area. As an emergency room doc by day, Vibha is inspired by the humanity she sees on a daily basis. Together, we talk about Viva's amazing nonprofit, No Immigrants, No Spice, whose mission is to flip the narrative on immigration and also support pro-immigrant NGOs through merch, storytelling, and their inaugural event, Barbecues Without Borders. She started No Immigrants, No Spice as a way to positively channel her frustration and create something that combines her passion for food, culture, and people. Her hope is that this can be something that is fun, transcendent, educational, and above all, helpful. So stay woke, y'all, and thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, y'all. Awesome. It's so great to be here with y'all this morning. Um, it's been a crazy, crazy past few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> COVID um, has things a little bit right. up in arms, but we're happy to be here. Mm-hmm. To ground ourselves. To ground ourselves. <laughs> to not think about it for a little while. To not think about <laughs> it because life is going to keep moving and and it's going to be good. It's going to be good, y'all. We just, we just need to be more in touch with ourselves during this time. So just wishing all of our listeners lots of love. And um, we're so excited to have this awesome episode um, with Dr. Vibha Gupta. And first, we're going to start off with the check-in question. Of course, of course. And it is, what is your favorite meal that you made from this past week? You want to go first, Bernie? Sure, I'll go first. Um, So yesterday, I was, so a lot of, like, medical students still have to go to the hospital, and I'm really learning what it means to be, like, frontline, and I've just been really exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) But then I was like, I'm going to cook myself a meal. So I got, so I made some spring rolls for myself yesterday. And then I had an acai bowl from Sidewalk Juice, which I mentioned in our last episode. <laughs> so that was great. Yeah. And Evie, you want to go? Yeah, absolutely. So best meal that I made personally was yesterday. I made huevos rotos, which is okay. like a... Yes, you did. I woke up, this, I woke <laughs> up in the morning. Yeah. And I like was just checking my news. And I was like, oh, recipes. And I um, my clinic got canceled, actually. Because my preceptor wasn't feeling well and was like, you know what, let's just reschedule. So I was like, all right, I have the morning off. Let me do a little cooking. And it actually was so bomb. And I had all the ingredients that they needed at home. Like that never happens where you just actually happen to have everything. Like mm-hmm. the smoked paprika and I had my garlic and my onions and like I just had and the potatoes. 
Um, so I made really yummy like eggs and potatoes dish. It's like really common in Spain, I believe. I think it's like a traditional Spanish dish and it was bomb. And yeah, now I have another recipe uh, in my up my sleeve, which I'm excited about. And I also had In-N-Out this week, which is always a delicious meal. I have to say that. (laughs) (laughs) And Viba? So I, last night I made, I've been reading this book called The The First 40 Days. It's all about postpartum work. Announcement, I'm pregnant. (laughs) Yay! Yay! In case you can't tell. Public Um, service announcement. (laughs) (laughs) Viba Gupta is pregnant. Is pregnant. Um, So I made roasted bone marrow. So I've never done this. You just go to the butcher shop and you're like, I want some femur bones. And they're like, here's some beautiful femur bones. And I'm like, so sorry, disclaimer to our vegetarian (laughs) and vegan (laughs) folks. I apologize. (laughs) It's the quarantine. Got to do something. Um, (laughs) So I roasted the bone marrow and then and put a little bit of sea salt on it and chopped garlic. And then I had chopped challah bread with it, toasted, and then little quail eggs. Oh, my gosh. And it was amazing. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I felt really proud of myself. And then I didn't feel sick after. So we're good. Yeah. (laughs) Fats and carbs. That's all we need. Wow. Such a chef. Honestly, I was going to be like, I I don't know who's just cooking up quail eggs. (laughs) 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 But (laughs) mad respect. (laughs) I have respect for you for that. Um well, we're so happy to have you here today. Thank you. And for all of our listeners, Viba has been doing really great work. Um, she founded a company, No No Immigrants, No Spice. A nonprofit. A nonprofit. Thank Companies you. make money. You you right. <laughs> you right. Don't make money. Well, you make money and give it away. Yes, nice. very true. Um, and she is in uh, emergency medicine doc. Mm-hmm. So really grateful that you're here, and we just can't wait for your, our listeners to hear your story. Thank you. Um, We'd love to hear first about just like your journey to medicine and sort of how that led into all the amazing social justice work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I was born in a small town called Okemos, Michigan, which is right next to East Lansing, which is the other town in Michigan, not Ann Arbor. Uh, Michigan <laughs> State is where I basically was raised. Um, and basically I, I went to, I was in one of those programs uh, that's from high school to medical school, which... Wait. Oh, it's, it's like called an interflex program. They might have gotten rid of a lot. Is of it them. like a, like you go from high school, then instead of doing college and medical school, it's like six years. You can do it accelerated or extended. Basically, it's guaranteed admission into medical school. Oh, wow. it's basically a bunch of tiger parents being like, you're going into medical school. And wow. all these kids being like, OK, <laughs> sure. And wow. then half of us continued because we found something we loved and many dropped out. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, so I kind of got into medicine, maybe not for my own personal reasons. Um, But then once I was in medical school and once I got through like the book work, I started doing rotations and I found emergency medicine. And I think through that, that's when I started feeling more connected to, okay, this is work that really grounds me and, you know, puts me on the front line and I get to do all these interesting, there's all this interesting work that connects things I love, like anthropology, sociology, ethnography, Mm. um, people. I love people. Mm -hmm. And so I really felt connected to it. Mm. Um, So, yeah, so I was in East Lansing for like eight years, I mean, 25 years total. And then I escaped and I went to New York City (laughs) and I went to a residency at NYU Bellevue, 
which is a really historic program. At the time, the head was Louis Goldfrank. He was the, the, not department chief, he was just the, the chairman of emergency medicine. And if you Google him, he's the father of toxicology. He has done so much. He's basically the founder of social emergency medicine mm. and was an incredible mentor for me, just as an example of, wow, this is, this is how medicine should be. This is, you know, someone who's not just giving care, but influencing policy and advocating for the most vulnerable. So anyways, four years in New York City, and then I moved over to the Bay Area, and now I currently work as an emergency medicine doctor at Kaiser Oakland in Richmond. Um, yeah, so that's my journey to medicine. Um, then I guess I should tell you why yeah. I'm here. And yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. So something very interesting happened in 2016 <laughs> we can call it interesting <laughs> unfortunate that's a really nice word yeah <laughs> surprising shocking devastating um <laughs> to throw out a few others a, bo a bomb went off and uh we now have um president donald trump is in 45 yeah right he who must not be named yeah. <laughs> voldemort um so when Trump was elected, I was, I, like many other people, was just really angry for a long time, very disenchanted and felt like, wow, we had it so good. And now, like, what, where's our country headed? And I just kind of, like, drowned myself in wine and my own, like, little bubble mm -hmm. and stuck my head in the sand and did that for a while. And then, you know, I continued working in the emergency room and at one of our hospitals, um, especially up in Richmond, I don't know the exact statistic, but probably half our patients don't have insurance. And many of those are folks who are undocumented. And I started just noticing patterns of, wow, some of our like sickest, most vulnerable patients also are those who, you know, don't have access to secure housing, but also don't have access to any social programs because they're undocumented. I mean, you cannot be more vulnerable in this country than to be a person who has no status and has chronic health problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that started to, that just started living in the back of my head, like, wow, these patients are really vulnerable. And then, and then I saw a Trevor Noah skit about food and he, he's so funny. He was like, <laughs> he's like, okay, if you hate immigrants, cause you know, Donald Trump came to, a big part of his platform was just mm -hmm. being nativist and saying like immigrants are bad, the Mexicans are this, 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 um, you know, basically being white nativist and anti-immigrant, very xenophobic. And so Trevor Noah's bit was about how, okay, well, if you hate immigrants, all you're allowed to eat is potatoes, <laughs> just potatoes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Although technically, well, I mean, potatoes were, I won't get too much into like the- <laughs> Origins of potatoes? Yeah, the origin of potatoes, because- <laughs> I actually think that was like an Irish immigrant. I thought it was an Irish thing too. Yeah, but but the our, our indigenous folks have been mining root vegetables. Anyways, I digress. The point <laughs> is, point is, uh, he said, you know, you hate immigrants. You don't get to eat like all the things you love, like pizza and tacos and huevos rancheros and <laughs> matcha lattes and whatever else you know, bougie foodie food that we love. True. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I should put like someone should put this on a t-shirt and I was like maybe I should put it on a t-shirt 
okay, how do you put something on a t-shirt? <laughs> and then that was like a six months process of like figuring out how to design something, get it screen printed and, and source in a ethical way. Um, I linked up with a screen printer who is actually in Oakland. Uh, he's undocumented and basically was printing shirts out of his garage. Wow. And so we linked up um, and we just printed a bunch of shirts. And then, so there was t-shirts. So I had a bunch of t-shirts and then I started pitching this idea. At, there's this um, breakfast series called Creative Mornings. Oh, yeah. With mm. Pandora? Huh? With Pandora? Uh, it's I don't know if Pandora sponsors it. No, it's it's all over the world. Mm. Plug for Creative Mornings. No, this is not a sponsored clip. <laughs> um, Creative Mornings is amazing. So every yeah. month they do a gathering all over the world. Everybody, a bunch of creatives get together and just pick a theme. And they say, okay, we're going to explore this theme. And it's a breakfast series. But oh, you can awesome. do these pitches. I love that. Cool. Yeah, they do it in San Francisco and in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Oakland cool. chapter, what's up? Um, <laughs> so I I went and pitched this idea, and it started to get a little traction. And that's how I met my yes. friend Scott, who's a photographer, and he started working with me. Mm. Um, he's like, I want to help. I want to do something around this idea that you're, you have. So basically it started out as I have T-shirts. I'm going to sell these T-shirts. I'm going to donate 100% of the proceeds to pro-immigrant legal aid mm-hmm. because – I'm not going to provide the legal aid, and I'm not going to go and start a clinic. I'm going to support the people who are doing that work. That's mm-hmm. that's what I can carve out in my little life right now. Mm-hmm. So from there, it kind of grew. And so then I started a website. Um, the T-shirts got better. I, <laughs> I, I started an Instagram handle and, like, a social media platform. And basically what it has evolved into is – it's basically a storytelling platform mm-hmm. where we use food as a vector to tell the stories of immigrants. Mm. So whether that's through visiting an Eritrean family and sitting down with them as they basically serve us this delicious meal and talk about the history of Eritrea and Ethiopia and why there's such a large Eritrean population in Oakland mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. why there's beef between the two countries mm-hmm. and why and all the but all the commonalities that they share as a culture and so the food is the entry point into that Mm. and and so that was one example or another thing that we've done is you know just meeting different immigrant chefs in the bay area and kind of talking to them and using food again as an entry point to talk about all of their really different stories Mm -hmm. um throughout it so i i think there's two branches one is storytelling and then one is fundraising. And so we have partners that we basically donate. Any money we raise goes to a local Bay Area nonprofit called Pangea Legal. Uh, the National Immigrant Justice Center, which is a which is based in Chicago and is much larger and more about national advocacy. And, um, and then Immigrant Families Together, which is this grassroots organization that basically pays bonds for incarcerated families, inca- incarcerated mothers many of them um and basically trying to reunite families by paying bonds Mm. so yeah amazing wow and then you you also have the huge event barbecue without borders oh yeah 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 so yeah all this stuff was happening and i'm like still full-time working and like running this like amazing (laughs) 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 figuring out this this whole physician And then I was like, I mean, like, the mania was definitely ramping up. Like, my husband will tell you, like, I was, like, 
100 running at 200 percent um Mm. which was great and also stressful but great Mm. um and then there was um right so running this nonprofit, then i applied for the 501c3 status through the irs which is its own thing and then i was like okay now we can get sponsorships and donations and we need to have like a live event there's so much energy it was catching on people Mm -hmm. seemed really interested so Mm -hmm. we're like okay let's have an event and let's do it on the theme of barbecue so we called it barbecue without borders and what it was was it brought together six immigrant chefs doing their own regional riff on barbecue and so we had um northern iranian like pomegranate walnut chicken wings and mexican barbacoa tacos and indonesian barbecued fish and argentinian alfajores and we had vegan elotes and indian ice cream it was so good (laughs) and uh so these chefs are all there we did this at impact hub in downtown oakland and then along with them there was this complimentary run of show from like flamenco to um a mexican folk singer to bhangra to um oh an indonesian balinese dance orchestra and and it was amazing wow Mm -hmm. the mayor showed up yeah hey libby what's up libby haven't seen you since but (laughs) thanks for coming uh no that was great that they showed up and showed you know it showed that like uh, 450 people came Mm -hmm. it sold out uh the sf chronicle wrote an article about it so there was a lot of buzz and and the best part about it was that like all these people came together and Mm -hmm. were there just for the spirit of it and there were lots of glitches okay like Mm -hmm. i'm an i'm a doctor I'm not a professional event planner. And so like I created this crazy ticketing system with all these different colors and people were like, what does this even mean? (laughs) Um, Everybody was so cool and like down and like didn't want to leave. And we raised $12,000 and we donated all that money to Pangea and to the National Immigrant Justice Center. So we are going to do it again once uh, we flatten the curve and it's (laughs) safe to... uh, yeah, the Rona. To be around yeah. <laughs> each <laughs> other again. Rona. We're going to do it in October 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, Love it. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think that's just so powerful, too, uh, especially during this time, because I think there are so many forces that are attempting to divide us. I mean, it's really, it's really escalated with Trump, but I think now, too, and over the past few years, it's with different immigrant groups and also our native indigenous black people here, we there just seems to be different current events that point these different groups as perpetrators, as people who shouldn't be here. And so um, as much as we love social distancing, I think what you're, <laughs> what you're really pointing out is that like community is so essential. Mm-hmm. It could be built online and virtually, <coughs> but the fact is that when we get to see it and feel it in person, there's just such a beautiful love to it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're right, because you can be an Instagram, like, armchair warrior. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to try to do during, like, this Mm -hmm. social distancing time. But really, like, there's something intangible when you get together with a group of people. Yeah. And it's just... Like, there's electricity and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of heart. So mm-hmm. I want to get get us all healthily back to that. Yeah, for sure. And I want to ask a question because you were talking about how it took you six months 
to to make the t-shirt like uh, i know a lot of our listeners are kind of like how am i gonna blend medicine and that's kind of what we've always talked about in every episode is like we have whole ass lives and hobbies and just like things that give us life outside of medicine but for some reason there's this narrative in the institutions and the systems and people that they're like if you don't just do medicine you're doing something wrong Mm. so like i guess what was what, what were your thought processes and feelings as you were like, am I, like, how do I make this shirt? Am I the one to make the shirt? So, like, what was that? And then what eventually allowed you to be like, no, we're going to do this shit and mm-hmm. this is going to be awesome? Yeah. I think I think in medicine, is like, going through medical school, there's a lot of imposter syndrome at every level. Mm-hmm. And I think that that transferred over into, like, well, who am I to, like, do this work yeah. to make a t-shirt? There's yeah. like t-shirt people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I think the biggest thing why it took so long was there was a mental block. It's mm-hmm. like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to find the time? Mm-hmm. And and then it was more just like the, the nuts and bolts of figuring out something I've never done before mm-hmm. and like a whole new education. Mm-hmm. And I have to say our job, especially now, as like frontline providers is so important. I mean, it truly is life or death, and I and I see that. But I also think what what keeps us motivated and passionate makes us better physicians. So yes, I think so. From the T-shirt to where I am now, it started out like just trying to lo- figure out the logistics and get over my own internal like barriers. But then now it's turned into something that complements my job. So. Mm. You know, I started doing this work and throwing this event and lots of my colleagues who are amazing, passionate people were really into it and supportive. And Kaiser actually donated money to help run Barbecue Without Borders. So they kind of bought in because they're also, I think, I think in their own way, a very progressive organization. And Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, this, we like this, we'll support this. And then they also gave me the opportunity to start a speaker series where Mm -hmm. I come and I lecture about undocumented folks and their barriers to healthcare and solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've come and spoke, I've spoken here at UCSF, I've gone back to New York, um, done a lot of Kaiser talks. And so it kind of, I don't think it's sustainable for me to do No Immigrants, No Spice and then be an emergency doctor in parallel. Like I've kind of started doing the work together. So, mm-hmm. you know, through the, the speaker series, I started getting connected with a lot of people who are interested in health equality, inclusion, diversity work. Um, I started talking to them about just like bumping up this issue and saying like being a little bit of a muckraker and saying, what is our policy on if ICE comes to the hospital and getting just getting people talking who are the decision makers who, you know, then they we created, you know, basically a program of like how we're going to address this issue and that's great verbiage and signage and stuff so i think so what i would say to people who have passions outside of medicine including medicine is like don't don't think you have to just do one or the other because it can make you a better doctor Mm -hmm. i mean i think i'm more empathetic and more in touch with the plight of my patients who are undocumented and realize like yeah maybe i do have to like do speak to them a little longer and give them a little bit more in terms of resources and say, oh, wait, I know of all these, you know, immigration lawyers who might be able to help you and public charge was just passed. And what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. 
you're not, you know, talking to them about how they're not going to be penalized if they utilize WIC or SNAP and trying to like, there's just so much. Like we have so much power as providers in this hierarchical relationship. So we can use that power and really like people are listening. Mm-hmm. So impact them in a, when they're really, really vulnerable and yeah. say, look, here's some more resources. Yeah. And I love what you said, too, when you were like, this is what I can do within my capacity. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people get super overwhelmed by these like issues. And um, I think a lot of people are stuck in the kind of like ranting on Facebook and like super angry. And like that's also totally valid because it's very stressful. But also like it's super draining. Mm-hmm. And like... Um, like you don't have to start a clinic to like make a difference like what is within your capacity to also just support the people who are already like very intimately involved in the issues and you can just kind of be a stepping stone to helping people better understand that in places where they're either like super ignorant or just overlook these issues so i just think that's super powerful too because like we don't have to like address all of capitalism and xenophobia like (laughs) just by like giving love in the ways that we can is like super powerful yeah Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and also just supporting the groups that are already existing like i really love that you know you said like i'm not gonna go out and do all their law stuff for that like you know all the legal paperwork but Mm -hmm. i know there are great organizations that are doing that work let's help them because I think sometimes we also think like, well, you know, I can't do this. So then like you have to throw the whole thing away. Yeah. And it's really it doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to throw the whole thing away. You can say who's doing that work. What can I do to support them? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really awesome that you're able to like raise that money and, and give in that way, because especially with these people with like no status and uninsured. Um, there's just so many like legal barriers that personally like me as a medical student knows like nothing about or knows like very little about. Um and it can be like frustrating to be like, oh, well, like, I didn't know that X, Y, and Z can happen because of, you know, whatever. Uh, so I think it's really great, one, to like inform yourself, which sounds like you already like had done. And then two, to say like, all right, who's doing that work that needs to be done to make sure these injustices can be corrected? So, yeah, I really appreciated that. Just yeah. that intersection of medicine and legal aid, because mm-hmm. I think. I personally don't spend that much time thinking about it, but it actually is so crucial mm-hmm. for so many of like the most vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and and I think also there's a tendency to try to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Every time, you know, like there's a good idea, and then you're like, well, I'm gonna start from scratch. Well, yeah. no, this mm-hmm. works for some people. Like this is a well-established legal advocacy group. Like, mm-hmm. let's just give them money. What do they really need? They need money. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you can't, right. if you can't give your time, which your time is like you're so valuable. If mm-hmm. you can't give your time, give your money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what all of them say. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I can raise money. Right. <laughs> but we know that y'all have money. So Me? give us the money. No, like the <laughs> powers like, that be. Yeah. <laughs> Those other institutions. Yeah. yeah. Institutions. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I've learned through all this. Lots of people have lots of money. A lot money. of money. And they, they That's wanted, just sitting there. They're just like, who can I give this to? Right. And I'm like, give me the money. Right. <laughs> I'll do something with I'll it. I'll do something. I'll give it to the people who need it. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's lots of people who really <laughs> yeah. And organizations who have like money earmarked for donations. So they have tax write-offs. So, yeah. you know, I don't know, guys out there, if you're... You just ask. I was just about to say, I feel like all you need to do is, well, I know it's like, all you need to do is ask. It like sounds so easy, which is very hard for some people. But it sounds like when you do actually ask, like 
the worst they can say is no, and then mm-hmm. you still got no money, which is fine. Right. But at least you know that you tried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been shocked with, I mean, I got two liquor companies to sponsor the event. Just, uh, hold on, I have to remember the name. <laughs> Pernod Ricard. Um, they do this Altos Olmeca tequila, which is amazing. I don't drink it when I'm pregnant, <laughs> but when I'm not pregnant, I do. Anyways, I just hit them up and was like, hey, do you want to sponsor this barbecue? And they make their tequila in Jalisco, Mexico. Yeah. And they uh-huh. have like, they connected with the messaging and they're like, yeah. And so they just gave all the product for alcohol. So I was able to sell that. Amazing. Wow. Like, wow. GT's Kombucha is amazing. They do a lot of community sponsored work. I no love way. GT's Kombucha. I, mean, <laughs> I love them even more now. They're really? So cool. You literally just hit them up over email. Like, what's I up? met, I was wearing a No Immigrants, No Spice shirt. And this mm-hmm. girl at like one of the, one of these like food fairs was like, I really like your shirt. And then so I just started talking to her about No Immigrants, No Spice. And yeah. she was like, here's my card. Like, let's work together. So, she actually just hooked up my other friend who did this amazing nonprofit event and like sponsored all the kombucha for them. So I'm GTs. I'm hoping to hit you up for barbecue that borders 2021, (laughs) but I'm just surprised at the number of people who are willing to step up and support in, in support of an idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do they know that you're an ER physician when you talk to them about it or they're just like, no, you're no immigrants, no spice. Oh, that's a good question. Um, so in the beginning, I was hiding that mm-hmm. because, again, like in the hierarchical nature of like doctor patient, yeah. mm-hmm. I felt like, OK, I don't want to come into this and be like, I'm a doctor. So listen to me because you got a lot of people out there who are mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of hid that a lot. Mm-hmm. And and no, I, I mean, I think a lot of I think many people do know that I do this work, especially now I'm going to try to like. I talk more about medicine and healthcare mm-hmm. and the intersection. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think a lot of people just think that I'm, you know, I'm, I work in the nonprofit world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. that didn't come up at all. That's interesting. I guess it doesn't really need to come up. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can see how it would come up in the setting of, like, when you're actually in the hospital or giving lectures like at Kaiser or something like that to say, oh, you know, I also do this. Like, this is why it matters. But when you're just with them, it doesn't matter that you're a doctor. It just matters that you're a person who wants to help people and who wants to, like, be there for undocumented and immigrant people. Mm-hmm. And, like, who cares what your qualifications are? It's about where your heart is at. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes that difference. So, Yeah, yeah I was asked to be part of this this other show is called the medicine show but had nothing to do with medicine mm-hmm. it was just about connecting social innovators and um nonprofits, mm-hmm. or sorry social innovators and artists mm. so they took nonprofit folks people who they say are quote unquote social innovators and matched us with musicians and dancers and wow. so the woman i worked with lauren dupree she created composed this piece of music about the mm-hmm. themes of No Immigrants, No Spice, and she's a violinist. Oh, wow. And so there was this whole show, and it was beautiful. It was... What? That sounds amazing. It was... Uh-huh. These guys are amazing. And and they also, like, paid the organization to do this. I was like, how is this happening? They, <laughs> they composed this beautiful piece of work, and I was like, this is so funny. It's called The Medicine Show, and they interviewed me on stage, and I was like... Blah, 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 no immigrants, no spice, food, social justice, yeah. spice. And then, <laughs> and then they were like, so, and I was, I was just saying like on stage, oh, you know, in my daytime job as an emergency doctor, 
you know, everybody can advocate in their own way. And the woman on stage was like, wait, did you just say you're an emergency doctor? And I was like, yeah. So nobody knew. Mm. So it doesn't matter. I mean, anyways, it was like a, yeah, cool, <laughs> added bonus that I just spent the last 12 years. Of my life, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been training my whole life for it. <laughs> been in this basement. Yeah. The Netter Atlas. I can relate. Anyway. Basically, basically our lives. Um, the storytelling aspect, was that, how'd that come about? For No Immigrants, No Spice, was that an organic thing? I mean, it started off with t-shirts. And then, I mean, I'm looking y'all up, and it's Spice of the Week. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Spice of the Week. Yeah. How did that kind of come about? Um, I think it was, like, the t-shirt is like, okay, this is the end product. Mm-hmm. This is how we're going to raise money. But what is, like, what is our soul? What is mm. what is the actual point? Yeah. And I think the point is to humanize immigrants. Yeah. And because there's so much othering happening. So I think that through storytelling, that's the best way. Mm-hmm. People, it's hard. To, so it's easy to look away. Think about any horrible disaster happening right now that doesn't directly affect us. Um, famine, war, like what's happening to refugees right now, what's happening in Syria. Like when you see so much death and violence and horrible things, you just, you just look away, pretend it's not happening. Mm-hmm. But when you hear someone talking about how their mom used to like create like cook in the kitchen and it created all these like amazing smells and that memory like connected you like every time you walk by the shop and you smell that you think of your mother that's universal mm-hmm. and then so like spice of the week is something where like i'll ask questions about food and then later on get to know the person oh it turns out they're like an undocumented immigrant who came mm. uh in the caravan because they're being persecuted in guatemala for being gay mm-hmm. so you get to that point after you get to know them a little bit better through mm-hmm. their story mm-hmm. and so that i i guess that's how storytelling comes in because i feel like powerful. yeah yeah wow you can relate to somebody mm-hmm. and then you start and it, and often it's through food. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, like, what's the one thing we all come to the table for? Mm-hmm. 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 Who doesn't like food? Mm-hmm. Psychopaths. <laughs> You're not wrong. I know. I agree. <laughs> Have you always been, like, a foodie? Are you a foodie? I am a foodie. You are a foodie. She I'm made good. roasted bone marrow with quail eggs. <laughs> <laughs> She's a foodie. <laughs> uh, I'd say my friends would laugh because like my evolution has definitely like my my social justice-ness mm-hmm. has evolved with my foodiness like mm, back in back in like high school and college i was just like i want to get drunk and eat whatever <laughs> like quesadilla like which wasn't a quesadilla it was like cheese and tor- tortilla or like a burger basically sustenance to continue being drunk that was like, <laughs> my goal should i be saying that? yeah you can say whatever you want this is a safe this space <laughs> But it's definitely evolved now. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just part of getting older. Then you start liking wine. You're like, oh my god, did I really drink Bacardi? Oh, ever? <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> Your standards change. Yeah, Wait. your palate evolves. I love ginger now. I used to hate ginger. My mom would make chicken curry, and there'd be like chunks of ginger floating in it. Yeah. Me and my sister would cry if we bit the ginger because we hated it. Now we wow. love ginger. Huh. You know? Yeah. You just evolve. Yeah, that's hilarious. Do you cook a lot yourself? I do. I do. 
I do some things well, like breakfast and brunch and some dinner dishes. I enjoy it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm a good cook. I'm like an okay cook, but I like doing it. Okay. That's cool. Just enjoy eating yeah. and food and, and the, the way process. it brings people together. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It feels like it feels creative as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, oh, that makes sure. sense. Yeah. I feel like I'm growing into my own food journey. I feel like we both, we all yeah, are. Yeah. We, yeah. All three of yeah. us. Nicole, sadly, who is not here because she's not feeling well, but we all sort of around the same time started getting our hands a little bit more wet with cooking and like just doing doing more of that exploration of like different healthy foods and like that been in medical school you started doing that yeah while in medical school Mm -hmm. before medical school yeah i went to boarding school so there was always three meals ready for me then in college (laughs) there was always three meals ready for me so then for eight years i didn't really have to think about (laughs) preparing food and then afterwards it was sort of like oh i had to make all my own food and I would do the bare minimum, like actually just eating just to survive type thing. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like really, it was really sad. But then in medical school, I was like, actually, you know, there was like a food market where you can get some fresh produce. I got my cow fresh. Cal I was fresh. like, oh, I can, I can, fresh. yeah, I'm like, I can actually buy some more stuff now. Yeah. Um, and then it just became more of a, like actually enjoying the experience. Like mm-hmm. me making those huevos rotos yesterday, that would have right. never happened before. way back when. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Nope. I would have just had like those pre-made oatmeal packs with some hot water and that would have been my breakfast and that would have just been like, that's fine because it takes three minutes and mm-hmm. I didn't want to put in that effort. But I think now I'm really enjoying that process more and like actually taking the time to, yeah, just to prepare mm-hmm. a really tasty meal. Yeah. 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 I realize it's like super meditative for myself. And then when I do it with like friends, I don't know, it's just like, like you said, it's like really a communal, like a communal gathering and it's just like. You, like, feel the love as you eat. Yeah. The love that you put into your food. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, this is so beautiful. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any last words of advice for our listeners? A lot. Of, well, I mean. I, I want to know first your future plans oh, for No Immigrants, plans. No Spice. Yes. Sure. So we had so many cool events scheduled, um, including there was going to be a Mother's Day I mean, it might still happen, but it w- we we're going to do a Mother's Day brunch highlighting the plight of incarcerated mothers mm-hmm. and recognizing that family separation is still boom in practice. We mm-hmm. are separating yeah. mothers. Kids are ending up in foster care. Um, and so I was going to do that with this really amazing chef named Eileen Suzara from Oakland. But because of the coronavirus and social distancing, we think it's probably the responsible thing not to do. But... We're hoping if we all flatten the curve together that um, <laughs> together <laughs> together we can <laughs> uh, October 2021 uh, we're going to do barbecues without barbecue without border part two um, and it'll be I don't know what it wants it's not going to be the same thing there'll be some variation on barbecue with different immigrant chefs uh, and I think we're going to try to keep it in Oakland again. And this is open to the public, right? Yeah. Okay. You just got to get tickets or something. You just got to get tickets. Okay. And probably we'll, we're, we streamline the ticket process. <laughs> Basically, you buy a ticket, you walk in, you get food. No That's weird it. colors. No so weird like, colors. Okay. It's okay. I would have done colors too. <laughs> yeah. It's all those like highlighters you use exactly. throughout medical school. Right. Like it was helpful to me. Is it not helpful to you? Right. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> um, yeah. So definitely going to do barbecue without borders. We'll see how things go. Cool. I th- I've just been thinking about what I'm going to be doing between now and that time. Other than having a baby. 
Oh, yeah, I'm going to have a baby. Yeah, that's going to take some time. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. You I've been working on that. Time. Yeah. For six months. That's so great. I guess Ooh, I'll keep working yes. on that. Yeah. Three more months. Definitely keep working on that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I also wonder, like, how can we support our small businesses during this time that are really mm-hmm. affected, specifically, like, our sure. immigrant small businesses mm-hmm. and Asian immigrant small businesses that mm-hmm. are really suffering in this backlash. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking oh, about that. Stay tuned. Check me out on Instagram. What's your handle? No immigrants, no spice. Nice. And no immigrants, no spice dot org. Dot org. Dot org. All right, y'all. Thank yeah. you so much for being here, Viba. It oh. was so great to Say laugh no. with you and <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> I know. Actually, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. This is such an amazing platform and what you guys are doing. Listeners out there, these are medical students. They are in the grind. <laughs> and they are spending their time to do something that they care about. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. Of course. Of Thanks, course. So much. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.